welcome to the show Dreams, Passion and Your Hong Kong Story. Every time on this show, we bring before you people from different walks of life who have pursued their passion and found great success in Hong Kong. Today we have with us a very dynamic woman entrepreneur, someone who's a source of inspiration for many around the world. Let's meet Norma Chu of Dede Cook. is the founder and CEO of Dede Cook, which is one of the largest bilingual cooking recipe website in Hong Kong, and it is the largest cooking media brand in China. But what started as a side passion soon became a flourishing business for Norma, and in 2015, she decided to scale it to China. Today, Dede Cook has over 50 million social media followers and over 9 billion views. Let's talk to Norma and find out more about Dede Cook and its initiatives. But before I start asking you mm -hmm. about your professional and your personal journey, my first question to you as a woman is, how do you manage to do this all, have such an amazing business and manage your personal life, manage, stay so beautiful, so fit? How do you do that? <laughs> Tell our audience your secret mantra of your energy. Oh my god. Um, no, thanks for that introduction. I mean, it was uh, very comprehensive. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any uh, secret, right? Um, but the only thing, I guess, maintaining a more positive mental state is very important because, mm -hmm. like, I think running a business or starting a business, there's actually a tremendous amount of stress and responsibilities. Um, one thing that I, I've learned or kind of discovered for myself for the past eight years is really just always carry a very optimistic view on life mm -hmm. in general and kind of always have to maintain that positivity. So you were a seasoned corporate professional at a very senior level. When did you decide to become an entrepreneur and what motivated you to start daily cook into a business from a side passion? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I was uh, at the time I was 30 years old um, so the idea was, you know, I wanted to create something that could influence the next generation of millennials or in the future maybe Gen Z, Gen A to kind of, you know, still enjoy cooking uh -huh. and view it as part of a quality lifestyle. Uh -huh. um, you know, at the time I was at banking and I, I you know, I love the stock market. So <laughs> when I was young, I really enjoyed the stock market and the cooking shows. Um, so I was doing both, both things that I really enjoyed. Um, but what really made me decide to quit banking and go into entrepreneurship is really, um, you know, I had to decide whether I want to continue down that career path or take, you know, a wild ride, right, so to speak. Um, I guess my, what made me make that decision was to project my life, like two years from that moment. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of my friends, you know, would tell me like, oh, you know, I also have an idea and I also want to do something. But how do you, you know, take that first jump or take that exactly. first step? Um, I always tell them like, don't make decisions or especially huge life decisions mm -hmm. based on what you know now. Kind of like project your spirit life two years down the road. What would it be mm -hmm. if you continue to do what you're doing now? Okay, in banking, I know kind of how my career will progress. And then if I were to go down the startup route, um, 
it's kind of like a yes, success or failure option, right? If success, then I keep going. If it's failure, fine, then I'll go back to banking. Think, and yeah. you know, if you think of it that way, then yeah. it's not so scary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go for it, and that's when I started Day Day Cook. And and um, when you went into Day Day Cook, thinking like you know it'll be a passion, what actually kept you going to kind of really make the business become big? <laughs> well, still very small right now. <laughs> still, we're still trying to make it bigger. Um, I think it's really thinking about you know how we can influence more people okay. and how we can change their lives or be a part of their lives. Um, and in the beginning, when we started out with creating content, of course, it's more you know just based on a lot of numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You know how many people watch your videos and how many people follow you and so forth. And those numbers are very very encouraging. Um, but from that point on, the next step was like, okay, now we have you know millions of people watching our content, and then we also have offline experience center where you know, we think that a lot of the millennials, females, maybe they don't have time to cook at home. Mm-hmm. Um, they can come to the store and kind of hang out and take a cooking class or two. Um, so I think every step of the way, we really think about you know, who are we uh, influencing and how do we make their lives better. When you started this as your passion, did it come from a long time back? Like, would you, uh, did you like cooking as a kid growing up? Like, how did this whole idea mm-hmm. come to your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I really loved to cook, like, when I was young. So, you know, born and raised in Hong Kong, but then we moved to Seattle when I was 12. Um, so at that time, I spent a lot of time at home with my parents, and both of my parents enjoyed cooking. Um, so I would, you know, spend a lot of time in the kitchen with them. And for me, it's like, it's like a time to bond with your family. Mm-hmm. And it's always so satisfying that you cook something and everybody gathers around, you know, sure. and enjoy the dishes. Um, so I think that, and it's for me, is has been a huge part of my childhood growing up, um, and I kind of want that for everybody. You know, I mean, now I know everybody's busy, and there's so much convenience around us, but I think cooking is part of culture that should be preserved. I think that's one of the fundamental ideals that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then you know, making that from a passion to a business. I mean, moving back to Hong Kong in my mid-20s, I just realized a lot of my girlfriends around me, they didn't know how to cook. Oh. They either think that it's you know, cumbersome or you know, it takes too much time, or they don't have to because they may have their, their parents or you know, maids to cook at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I thought cooking is not just about you know, feeding yourself. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's really like, you know, it's, uh, maybe a passion. So I kind of wanted to um, encourage them to pick it up as a hobby. Um, But at the time, you know, a lot of content were very long Mm -hmm. and traditional. Um, So I'm like, okay, if I want to encourage young people to enjoy cooking again, I've got to create content that's tailored to their need. So it's got to be fast, easy, and it's got to be visually attractive. So those that are the, a very good three yeah. dimensions to keep in mind. Yeah, so are the, like the three pillars yeah. of you know, how we create content for consumers. I mean, how is Hong Kong relevant yeah. to start a few business? Well, I think Hong Kong is relevant for us because you know, this is where, um, this is like my home where we grew up. Um, but then at the same time, I think Hong Kong is very, um, it's, very it's relatively easy to start a business here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great testing ground for a lot of ideas. 
Um, because, I mean, it's pros and cons, right? It's a relatively smaller population, so you can try a lot of things, you know, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's the first stage. But once you have, like, a product market fit that you figured out, I think it's also very conveniently located either to the north, to mainland market, or to the south, to a lot of Southeast Asian markets as well. I so see. I think that is, um, you know, definitely a big plus for Hong Kong. And for us at the time, we decided, you know, after three years in this market, and we were definitely the number one cooking site here, we wanted to expand into a bigger market and establish yes. a footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of investors at that time told me, you know, maybe you should go overseas to the US or Europe because mm-hmm. there are tons of overseas Chinese, right? Yes. Uh, but then, you know, going back to think about why did I start Day Day Cook, it was really to encourage the next generation to enjoy cooking. And back in 2015, I think in the mainland, no one was doing cooking and lifestyle content. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, aha, I should go there because I can influence a lot more people there. Um, that's when we took the plunge and you know set up an office in Shanghai. Wonderful. So when you moved to China, was your Hong Kong Connect uh, in any way beneficial for you back in China? Well, I think um, like language-wise for us, it's definitely easier, yeah. right? Um, that's one advantage. Um, besides that, I think Hong Kong being a more international and metropolitan city, mm-hmm. uh, for us, you know, we, we are in the lifestyle business, right? Yeah. It definitely has this um, advantage. So no matter, like, either way from designing content or the way content is, was made back then, now all the way down to, you know, when we design courses at mm-hmm. the physical store, mm-hmm. we still kind of maintain that layer of, like, international touch in our classes and content. Um, I think that continue to differentiate ourselves from some, some of the local players. Very nice. Um, the next question is, you know, I understand, you know, your business is growing, doing very well. The way in which you shaped your passion into a successful business is something, of course, to be absolutely proud about. But every business comes with a set of challenges. I'm sure you must have had one. Can you share with the audience some of the challenges that you faced in the start of your business and which you continue to face as you grow your business and as you scale it? Mm-hmm. Oh, there, I mean, there are so many different challenges. <laughs> like, I mean, there are challenges in like managing a team mm-hmm. and there's challenges in just, you know, scaling up in itself has tons of challenges. Um, I think for us, which is kind of unique um, to our vertical, I guess, because we are fundamentally a content-driven business, Mm -hmm. because content is like the foundation of how we build the brand and how we sell product. Um, That continuously is like one of the biggest challenge for us, is how do we continue to innovate and kind of disrupt our own way of creating content so we can, we can keep up with the next generation of viewers. I see. Right? Because like ten, eight years ago when we started, yeah. um, our viewers at the time, they may be in their mid-20s mm-hmm. or late-20s, but now eight years has gone by. Now they could be moms, right? Um, so we have to continue to create content to surface that group of audience. But at the same time, we also want to create new content that can attract the next wave of consumer, which now they are in their 20s. And I think every generation, like, I am a typical millennial, I think, barely, because I was born in 1981. But now, you know, millennials and Gen Z um, definitely have a huge dif- like different like in d- uh, differentiation in behaviors. Mm-hmm. For example, we have like attention span of like seven to eight minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Now Gen Z, I think typically it's like two to, two three, to three minutes, minutes. Yes. right? It's like cut in half. Yes. So back mm-hmm. then when we were creating short form content, we we're talking about three minute clips, right? Yes. Now it's like 
15 seconds to 30 seconds. I mean, that's just one example. Um, and then that's just the, the content format itself, but then distribution also changes because the entire market landscape continues to evolve on a yearly basis. So I think that fundamentally is like the biggest challenge for the entire company. And how do you manage, how are you managing to kind of overcome those challenges? Have you put some systems in place? So like well, I think like one of the biggest challenge was, okay, I should take a step back mm -hmm. because I was heavily involved in content creation yes. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like I was the show host, I was like writing the recipes, creating content. Um, but I think, you know, times has changed. And then sometimes maybe I don't know the Gen Z um, behavior as much as the real Gen Z themselves, right? So I think, I think it was 18 months ago, a little bit, almost two years ago, I decided to put in head content and you know he's a definite definite true gen z mm -hmm. so he would drive you know a lot of the content decision making i think that's important yeah that's really yeah. important because like sometimes as a ceo or founder you have to kind of learn to whether let go and step back and kind of put you know more appropriate or effective personnel in the right role i think i think that's that's what we did yeah it's very nice to know uh definitely something which a lot of the entrepreneurs would love to know like okay um now take yourself back in time. Um, what is the one advice you would like to give to a young 25-year-old Norma looking to build a successful career? Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, let me see. I actually don't have, like, I don't think I have any regrets, you know? Um... I don't, okay, maybe one, maybe one. Okay, so my favorite, like, it's really cheesy, but my favorite, like, line is, you know, do your best, forget the rest. I say that all the time, because one of my um, serial entrepreneur friend, he once told me when I first started dating Cook, he's like, Nunara, don't overthink it, you know, everybody thinks they have a great idea, but it doesn't matter, just try it out and give you, give all of your energy to make, to, to try to make it work. Yeah. And if it doesn't, so what? You know, try something else. So I think that that's a really great um, reminder for myself. Mm -hmm. But if I were to tell my my twenty five year old self what to do, I think I would be, I would say this: um, really believe in yourself and just listen to your instinct at all times. Listen to your instinct at all times. At all that's times. Amazing. That's a very good point to remember. Yeah. Because like along this road, right? Along this road, you get like these ups and downs. And then during the downs, you start to question yourself, right? We all have these so-called self-doubt moments. Yes. But then you have to like remind yourself, I'm here today because of all the decisions I've made in the past. And it's pretty good so far, right? So yes. I should continue to believe in myself. I think that's important. And sometimes you lose that. Yeah. Now the rapid fire question round, and that is getting to know Norma's Hong Kong story in a bit more fun way. Okay. So question number one, your favorite way to have fun with friends and family in Hong Kong? Um, eat and drink. Okay. <laughs> your favorite casual dining place in Hong Kong? Casual dining place, Cha Chan Heng. What like, kind of cuisine do they serve? Uh, oh my gosh, Ta Chan Tang is like one of those, you know, really, really local cafes where okay. they serve like Spam and egg noodles, stuff like that. Yeah. Those this are is, my this favorite. for our global audience. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. And what is your favorite formal dining cuisine in Hong Kong? Um, Japanese food, hands down. Okay, perfect. On a romantic date, I'm giving you the following 
three choices, but you can add if this doesn't fall in one of those. Go on a beachside restaurant in Stanley or Repulse Bay. Go on a fine dining place in Central. Stroll at Lama Island and enjoy local shack food. Or go hiking up in the Hong Kong mountains. Um, okay, so this is a romantic date, date. option, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I would choose the last one. Hiking. Yeah, hiking. Yeah. You love to hike? I love to I like I love to be outdoors and just like be away from, you know, buildings and cars and people in general. And I think my husband and I enjoy that like peacefulness together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I would choose that. Yeah. Uh, what's where do you see yourself in the next ten years? Well, next ten years. Um well next ten years I think there's still so much that we have to do and we can do in Daily Cook. Mm-hmm. Um so we have to build a better brand. Um, launch a lot more products um, but at the same time for myself I think the next thing could be motherhood hopefully oh <laughs> well that would be amazing we'll wish you good luck yeah thank you well, thank you so much for coming to the show and we wish you good luck in all your future endeavors thank you thanks for having me stay tuned for our next episode on dreams passion and your Hong Kong story where we bring you yet another story from fascinating land Hong Kong Thank you.